Welcome back, everybody, to Astrology Did Not Change My Life. I am still that bitch. Fortunately or unfortunately, however you want to really take it, to be honest. Hosted by your girl, Plutonian Aquarius. Where I continue to just have conversations with myself about astrology. And hopefully it'll be useful to somebody. (laughs) So for everybody that tuned in, after maybe listening to my first episode, I appreciate you. Thank you, thank you so much for bearing with me and coming back for a second episode. And hopefully the sound of my voice didn't grate on your nerves too much. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, astrology will always hold a very special place in my heart because it's how I go about understanding the world. With all this knowledge in my head, it's ridiculous how much I relate everything to astrology. Like, I will find a way. It doesn't matter how small or big it is. I will find a way. <laughs> and it's actually, like, like actually pissed off a lot of my friends over the years. They're like, oh, my gosh, she's on her little spiel again. Just ignore her. <laughs> But it's funny because recently I found a lot of friends who were like, oh my God, tell me more. And I'm like, really? Are you sure? But long story short, it's just helped me understand people around me in a much more wholesome way. Because I can truly understand them in a way that is geared towards them. And so it's made my my relationships so much more meaningful. Because, again... All my interactions, all of the things that I say and do, I try to take into consideration what their triggers might be, what their attachment style may be, and that's all come through astrology. And I hope you guys can do the same. So I'm very excited for today's topic because it's the rising sign. And I think I mentioned before that I find that the rising sign is a lot more important. And it's actually, I would argue that it's probably one of the most important elements in a birth chart. So what the heck is a rising sign? So the rising sign can also be called the ascendant. And it's also the first house. So the rising sign is a sign that was rising on the eastern horizon of your chart at the time of your birth. Again, what the heck does that mean? (laughs) I'll tell ya. You should try and look at your birth chart as more so a wheel. A wheel that's divided into 12 parts. And each house represents different areas of your life. Now, this wheel is continuous and it's going to be a common theme that you'll see. It's a continuous wheel. And depending on what sign is in the first house, the next sign will be in the second house. And then... then, the consecutive sign will be in the third house. Say your, your rising sign or your first house is in the sign of Libra. Now, the second, the second house will be in the sign of Scorpio. The third house will be in the sign of Sagittarius. And the fourth house will be in the sign of Capricorn and so on. And so you can see that whatever your rising sign, it really creates the layout of your chart. Now, the first house, as the name suggests, it is the door to the rest of the chart, is how I like to see it. So when somebody is first interacting with you, they see the door. 
And that door is the first, the first passage to getting to know who you really are. And a door will be different for everybody. For some people, it'll look red. For some people, it'll look blue. For some people, it'll be green. For some people, they'll put flowers. And some people will put skulls on the door. And that is all determined by your rising sign or the ascendant or the first house. And another reason why the rising sign is super important is because the rising sign determines your chart ruler. Now, I didn't really talk about this in the first episode when I was talking about the basic fundamental things in a birth chart, but essentially each sign is ruled by a planet and the energies of those planets determine the energies of that sign. So a quick crash course on that before I get to the next part. The sun rules the sign of Leo. The moon um, rules the sign of Cancer. Mercury rules Gemini and Virgo. Venus rules the signs of Libra and Taurus. Mars rules Aries and Scorpio traditionally. Saturn rules Capricorn and Aquarius traditionally. Jupiter rules Pisces and traditionally and Sagittarius. Uranus represent well rules Aquarius. Neptune rules Oh, why, why am I blanking on that? <laughs> rules Pisces and Pluto rules Scorpio. Oh, and I think I forgot Mars. Mars rules Aries and Scorpio traditionally. Yes, I did forget that. Now, depending on what sign your first house is in or whatever your rising sign is, the planet that rules that sign will be your chart ruler. And so that planet will play a very big role in your life. Say you're a Leo rising the sun will play a very important role in your life as well. And that isn't to say that the sun isn't important in anybody else's chart if they're not a Leo rising. It's just the themes will just play a little bit more heavily on you. And that's okay because everybody has a different purpose and life goal in life. We all come with our own journeys. And so... The chart ruler, the energies of the chart ruler are also changed a bit when they're placed in a different house. It'll look different. A Leo rising with a sun placed in the second house will be very different from a Leo rising that has a sun placed in the eighth house. Now the energies of those house will kind of come in and also play a heavy role in your life. Now I'm not going to go <laughs> further because at that point, I will lose you guys. And I'm pretty sure I might have already. So sorry. Now to get to the other nitty gritty ideas of the first house. And going back to the concept of the door. So when somebody first meets you. Somebody that may not know who you are. That first interaction that they have is with that door. And so the first interaction that they'll ever have really will be with your rising sign. Now, oftentimes, when people are trying to guess somebody's sign, which is usually their sun sign, they'll probably, like, nine out of ten times, they're going to guess that their rising sign, really. And that's because that persona is such a large part of who you are. 
And I know traditionally a lot of people say it's the mask. It's not who you really are. It's, it's just the facade that you put to deal with the world. But if you really think about it, a door is what protects you from the world. It has to be rock solid to prevent strangers from coming in. And a persona, a mask, you can just take that off whenever you want. Right? But you can't really do that with a door. Right? It's there to protect you. It's, it has to be rock solid. So I, I, I like to argue that it's more than just a persona. It's so much more. And because it's the first house in your chart, it's oftentimes the energy that you put out in the world when you're first doing something. And because that first house energy, first house energy is very instinctual. I'll just put that out there. And that's the energy. And the first house is ruled by the sign of Aries. And Aries is a very, very instinctual sign. And they just go out there and they unleash everything. They just unleash out into the world with everything that they have. They're trailblazers for a reason. And with your first house, that's essentially what you're doing. You're going out there and putting yourself first. You're putting your best foot forward. And oftentimes, the sign that you do that with is with your rising sign. And because it's such an instinctual energy, you'll find yourself just, you'll find yourself playing out those energies when you don't need, well, when you don't need anybody's help because it's such an intrinsic part of who you are. And because it's so instinctual, it, there's no way that the rising sign can truly just be a mask or a persona, really, right? And oftentimes we're not even really aware that we have this energy around us of the of a rising sign until somebody points it out to us because it's so, like I said, intrinsic to who you are. It's so instinctual. Now we can take me and my birth chart as an example. I have a Scorpio rising. So when people first see me, they automatically assume that I'm a Scorpio. <laughs> Most people don't actually see the Aquarius in me. It's actually super sad. My Aquarius sun gets no love. So everybody automatically just sees the Scorpio in me. Because every time I put my best foot forward, the energy that I showcase to the world is like a Scorpio. I come across a little bit more restrained. I come across quite intense, actually, <laughs> to nearly everybody. And oftentimes people think I'm a little bit scary because I have all of this passion that I always put forward. I won't do something if I don't have a passion or an interest in it. And some, sometimes that can come across really, well, too much for some people, and that's okay. But it's not all of me. And so oftentimes people are surprised to see the other layers of my personality when they later get to know me, when they get access to the door, to the rest of me and the rest of my chart, they realize that I'm actually very chilled and that uh, my scary face isn't actually a true representation of who I really am and that I'm not always really intense all the time. 
even if that's the first thing that they saw when they first met me. And like I mentioned before, your rising sign is how you go about into the world, especially in unknown foreign environments. It's kind of that shield that you put up to help you survive, if that makes sense. And so what I, the train of thought that I actually learned from Wayman Stewart, actually, from a lot of his writings, is that the rising sign helps you reach the goals of your sun sign. Remember how I mentioned that we don't really ever really grow into our sun sign until later on in our life as we improve and develop that self, that relationship we have with our self-esteem and our self-confidence. But your rising sign is something that you never really have to work on, like you have to do with your sun sign. Again, like I mentioned, it's instinctual. It's a part of who you are. But how you go about, I guess, releasing or achieving the themes, really, of your sun sign is dependent on your rising sign, depending on that foot that you put forward. And that's why you'll see pe certain people that have the same sun sign as you that act a little bit differently than you, even though you guys have the same sun sign, right? I find that I'm not a I'm, I'm definitely not like a lot of other Aquarians. I'm a little bit more emotional. And like I mentioned before, a lot more intense. And that is because I have that Scorpio rising. Now, if you use my chart again as an example, I have tried to approach and achieve the goals of my Aquarian sun by using the energies of my Scorpio rising. Aquarius is a very humanitarian sign. It will always fight for social injustice and social causes. But I've always done that in a more secretive and a mysterious and covert way. There are causes that I am very passionate about, but I'm not always very open about it because I'm working on, I'm working towards those social causes in my own way and in my own time. And now if you, if you take that into consideration, you can't ever really shut off that first house, no matter what you do. But it's also very important to realize that you shouldn't ident over-identify with your first house either. Just because it's instinct, just because it's something that you're not always aware of, it ends up actually becoming that comfort zone. And sometimes we have to step out of our comfort zone in order to change and grow and become better individuals for our own benefit. Going back to that idea of our chart being a wheel, this continuous circle, circle, and with the first house representing, well, the first, the first initial approach that you have or foot that you or impression that you make when you come into this world. The first house is a very good indicator of how you came into this world. How you <laughs> quite literally rose into the human plane, the earthly presence, as they so say. Is that how they say it? I actually don't know. But somewhere along the lines of that. 
So it's how you, how you go about coming into the world. So it's a very good indicator of your birth experience. Now, I've been told several times that Scorpio Risings have a not-so-great birth. And it's true. I was an emergency C-section. They did not plan, my mom did not plan for it. It was a very super scary experience for her, especially since she was, it was the first time she was actually a mom. So that's actually a very universal theme for a lot of Scorpio Risings. <laughs> Yikes. And I had no idea. So imagine that. <laughs> the huge awakening for me. And going back to the first step that you take into this world, the first house usually tells you your first, first experiences when you come into this world, including your childhood. So it's usually maybe the experiences you have up until you go into like elementary school is usually what I've read by Raymond Stewart and also like astrology membership. Those two resources. Astrology membership is an online site. So depending on what the themes of your rising sign are, it'll tell you how your early childhood experience was and how you viewed it and how you even were as a child. And really, if you think about it, children are very, very inhibited. They just unleash whatever it is that they want and they do it, right? Right? You ever see that toddler that's like, I'm going to be a horse today. And you're like, but why? And they're like, no, I'm going to be a horse today. And they're going to be a horse. And that's it. That's final. They don't care. They don't give a shit. <laughs> they are going to be a horse. Because they just simply follow through with their own desires. Because they're just going through that instinctual energy. They can't shut it off. And like I mentioned before, nobody really grows into their sun sign until way, way later. So oftentimes you'll see the rising sign in children really come out. And as a child, I was very reserved. I was just constantly staring at things, according to my mom. Like, I was quiet, and I would just be observing. And it, it just spooked everyone around me, including my parents. who were like, why aren't you talking? And I guess, like, everybody thought I was shy, but now that I think about it, I don't think I just, I don't think I wanted to talk to anybody. I just wanted to observe. Damn, I was a real creepy child. <laughs> I'm sorry to whoever had to interact with me when I was a kid. I'm sorry. <laughs> I just wanted to see and explore everything, okay? But not have to talk to anybody. And the first house is the opposite of the seventh house. And you'll see that each house is opposite from another house. And there'll be like a polar opposite. The energies of that house will be the polar opposite of that opposing house. But yet they'll be similar in their own way. The first house is opposite the seventh house which is the house of relationships and partnerships it's the energy that you need in order to be in a solid commitment now the first house is completely opposite from partnerships it's what you are when you are alone when you are independent and so you you can very mu much say that it's that house of independence it's that house of self-expression because oftentimes you can just express yourself the best when you're by yourself, when you don't have to have ex when you don't have to fulfill or meet expectations for the other people around you. You know those people 
that act quite differently in a relationship versus when you're interacting with them one-on-one. Like, it'll be a huge, like, 180, right? Somebody that isn't really affectionate, doesn't really like displays of, like, public affection. All of a sudden, when they're in a relationship, you can see them cuddling their partner. They're giving them all the kisses out in broad daylight. And you're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Who is this person? That's because they're actually acting out the energies of their seventh house. You become a different person, usually, actually, when you are in a partnership. Because what you need when you're independent is not the same as what you need when you're in a relationship. And so you can see that your birth chart takes these different facets in different like stages of your life into consideration to make up you, really. And coincidentally, well, not coincidentally, like this is just the way that charts work as well. The sign that you have for your first house or your rising sign, your seventh house will be the opposite of that. So, for example, I'm a Scorpio rising. So my seventh house is in the house of Taurus. So oftentimes, like, in a relationship, I am not that intense person. I'm not, I'm not actually that reserved. I'm actually very, I'm very calm. I take, I go with the flow. I take things one day at a time. And that's because who I am in a relationship is not necessarily who I am when I'm just by myself. And so because, like I meant, I'm going to keep saying instinctual, because it's so instinctual, how you express, express yourself will come across your first house. So oftentimes your physical appearance will be dictated by your first house. Now, one of the things that they say about Scorpio Risings is that they have intense eyes. And I've been told that several times that I do. Or they have very sharp features. And I do. I have, a sharp, I, have I guess, the tallest nose in my family. As everybody so likes to remind me. It's so weird. They would just sit down and compare each other's noses. And I always won. That was like the only competition I won in the family. <laughs> Nothing else. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, yes, physical appearances. Now, obviously, like, genetics and everything plays a role, but oftentimes you'll see people that have the same rising signs, they have a similar, they have a similar way of presenting themselves and expressing themselves physically. So you'll see, like, for example, you'll see a lot of, like, liberal risings all have, like, symmetrical faces, and they all seem like they have good hygiene. <laughs> Leo Risings are, like, are very well known for their hair. Like, things like that. So it's just, it's, like, while it is different depending on, like, where you grew up and everything, like, you'll still see a common theme depending on whatever their rising sign is. So that's really cool. And at the end of the day, that house is so much more than just that mask and that persona. So that's why... It doesn't sound right to say that it's just a mask or a persona because you can take a mask or a persona off whenever you want. But this, this rising sign, it's just so intrinsic to who you are. You can't shut it off, right? It wouldn't be fair to say that. Well, he's just a mask. It's not who you are. It still is a part of who you are, but it's not all of you. 
And it's another important thing to mention that you don't have to, you shouldn't ever really over-identify with one thing in your chart. Because the whole idea is that there's all so many different elements and facets to who you are, and they all come together to make you. And that you is different from anybody else. So you should honor every part, but you don't have to over-identify with it at the end of the day. Because then it just leads you down a different path. And we don't want to do that. We want to have balance. It is very important to note, though, that if you have planets in your first house, the house of self-expression, now the way that you express yourself in these uncertain situations, in situations where people don't really know who you are at first, changes. Now what the heck does that mean? I know, what does it mean? Right, I just taught you guys about like the mask and the persona, and now we're adding something else in. But don't worry, it doesn't have to be that way. <laughs> That's what I'm here for, as always. So you can imagine that the rising sign, like I said, is a door. Now, if you have a different, if you have planets located in that first house, now all of a sudden you have, say, a decoration onto that door. And it changes the way that somebody views that door now, right? Maybe somebody has a Christmas decoration on it. Somebody has skulls on it. <laughs> somebody has horns on it. And... While the sign that your rising sign is, is still, it's still prevalent and the energies are still there, it sometimes gets overshadowed by the planets. And now the way that you express yourself will also change. And so you can, oftentimes you'll hear people that like, it's the same way that it works for sun signs, for sun signs, it also applies for rising signs. You'll hear people say that, well, I don't really act that way. I don't really identify with it. And that's probably because the planets that are located in that first house are kind of overpowering the expression of your rising sign. And depending on what the planet is, and if it doesn't, if it's not a planet that that rising sign is really comfortable with, the energies of that planet will be very much in your face. And everybody will notice its presence. So say somebody has a more, go with the flow rising sign like Pisces. Now in that first house, you have a more bold planet like Uranus. Now Uranus rules the sign of Aquarius. And it's the sign of unpredictability, of standing out of unconventionality they march to the beat of their own drum so while Pisceans do like to go with the flow and kind of just well I don't want to say sit on the sidelines but they're okay letting other people take charge and be in the spotlight but because that planet of unconventionality is there they're still going to stand out and people will notice it and they won't be and they won't be able to really ignore it I hope that made sense. And we can take, again, me as an example. So my first house is in the sign of Scorpio, but Scorpio is ruled by the planet Pluto. And so when people first meet me, they are very much 
they are very much hit with my Scorpio energy because my, because the planet Pluto is located in my first house. And so all that intensity I have, it comes across way more than necessary because I can't really shut it off. That planet is just there for everybody to see and feel. I usually call individuals who have planets in their first house, first house people. If you have a planet in this house of self-expression, you can't hide that energy no matter how hard you try. In this lifetime, the world is meant to feel the energies and the presence of these planets. The best way to find out if somebody actually has, well, first house energy and is a first house person is that they'll be a little bit self-centered. And that's because they can't stop expressing themselves. Because they have a planet here in this house, like I mentioned before in the first episode, that area of your life ends up becoming a little bit more important than, say, you had an empty house. So in this lifetime, these people are meant to express themselves to the fullest. And so when you have that kind of energy play out, you'll realize, yeah, that sometimes you'll come across a little bit selfish. And that's because you can't always take other people's feelings into consideration when you're expressing yourself. Because at the end of the day, you might just offend that one single person. But because they're being so authentic and true to who they are, you can't help but be drawn to that charisma that they just naturally emanate. So you kind of end up forgiving them a little bit. Or at least the people in my life. Now, the planets, they rule over specific signs. And so the planets that are located in your first house, depending on what it, whatever sign that they rule over, you'll show the energies of that sign manifesting in your first house. And it'll come to you a little bit more naturally. So if you have the sun located in your first house, that changes it, things up a little bit. Because your sun is who you are at your core. And oftentimes people have a rising sign that's different from their sun sign. But having your sun sign in your first house, what you see is what you get. But those with the sun in their first house, the sun traditionally rules Leo. So you may act a lot like a Leo, where you're self-assured, you're confident. And you have like this bright energy that everybody gravitates towards. If your moon is located in your first house... Moon traditionally rules cancer. And so you may act a lot like a cancer rising where you're a lot more in touch with your emotions. Your emotions are out on display for everybody to see. And you're not one to shy away from anything emotional whatsoever. And you basically make decisions, again, based on your emotions similar to a cancer rising. If you have Mercury placed in the first house, you'll act a lot like a Gemini or even like a Virgo, where you're very analytical. You're constantly 
constantly thinking, constantly communicating. You have a steady stream of ideas that you want to vocalize and let the world know about. And super, super easy to talk to. If you have Venus in your first house, then you may act a lot like a Libra or a Taurus. Very sensual. You're very good at finding things that are comfortable. But more often than that, you value and adore harmony, peace, and balance. And people can't help but always just gravitate towards you because you provide that harmony wherever you go. You make people feel at ease. If you have your Mars in your first house, Mars traditionally rules Aries and also Scorpio. So your passions and your desires will be out for the world to know. You're always the first one to take action. You never shy away from a challenge. And unfortunately, sometimes that can lead to impulsivity, but you're a trailblazer. If you have Jupiter in the first house, which rules Sagittarius and Pisces traditionally, then you sometimes come across as someone who is always in a good mood. You're always there to learn more. You're always excited by what the world can offer you. And you will always go out of your way to learn what you can from different cultures, from the different people around you, from different forms of higher education. The world is your oyster, and you treat it that way. If you have Uranus, in the first house, you act a lot like an Aquarius because that's the planet that rules over Aquarius. And so I mentioned that before. You, you generally like to step outside of the box. You don't like to march to the beat of your own drum. Um, you like to march to the beat of your own drum. <laughs> Whoops. And you like to be, you like to stand out because you have different ideas. You aren't going to follow what everybody else follows because that's boring. And that's not your cup of tea. Now, if you have Neptune in the first house, which is traditionally, which is, which rules over Pisces, you're more dreamy. And you like, and you're more creative. And you're very, very empathetic. And you just like to take a step back and to see the world in, well, a more creative lens. And in a more compassionate way. And people can't help but kind of be attracted to that dreaminess, that dreaminess that you exert out onto the world. Now, if you have Pluto in the first house, you'll act a lot like a Scorpio. Because Pluto, like I said, also rules over Scorpio. And so you'll have that intensity. Wherever you go, you're constantly going to seek out transformation. You're constantly going to look for authenticity and only gravitate towards situations that spark a fire within you. So having that planet in that first house 
you, like I said, you will be acting out quite similarly to the signs that those planets rule over. But I don't like to always label it as that because planets do act a little bit differently than the signs that they rule over. So that's just a word of caution that I always like to put out there as well. Now, to end off the podcast, though, although this will take a couple of minutes, I wanted to just go through, like, quick descriptions of, like, each of the rising signs. So that maybe if you wanted to guess what somebody's rising sign is, which is actually super easy to guess because that's, like, the first thing that you see when you interact with somebody. So you can just try your little hand at guessing people's rising signs. I mean, like, most of the times you can't actually access that information right then and there because you need to know their time like the time that they were born where they were born and um most I highly doubt that most people want to disclose that information after like meeting you once because that's kind of creepy and people don't like that um and I'm not talking from personal experience but yeah they don't usually like that I'm not weird I promise okay (laughs) please (laughs) please continue listening These descriptions, though, I'm only really going to give the positive, the positive descriptions, because every aspect in astrology, it can either manifest as the positive or the negative. Again, the choice is yours, which direction you want to go in. And everybody has a good and bad side. It's just the way it is. So when I talk about the positive descriptions, you can take it to the complete opposite to figure out what the negative sides or the negative manifestations of the signs can be. Okay, I'll begin now with the first sign in the, in the zodiac, which is Aries. So those who have an Aries rising, I always like to call them the trailblazers. They're always the first ones to put their best foot forward. They're always the first ones to do something. You always see them being the first ones to just act out on their impulses and their desires. They're very true to who they are. They'll they'll never back down from a challenge, like I mentioned before. And that's why they can be very inspiring, because they're just so authentic. And Aries is a fiery sign. So it makes sense that they would be a trailblazer, right? The next sign that we have is Taurus. Taurus risings seek out stability and comfort. They're very sensual. And when I mean sensual, I mean that they're very focused on their five senses. So they're very good at seeking out materialistic things that touch those senses. So you can go to a Taurus rising if you're looking for the most comfortable blanket because they are very sensual beings. And because they seek out stability, they always like to create something that will last, that has, that has solid roots and a good foundation. And the way that they move about, you just feel at ease when you're around them because you can sense that stability, that groundedness that they possess. And because they're so focused on what their five senses can provide, you can tell that their head is not usually up in the clouds. They like to be present in the moment. 
And I think it was somebody once told me that they look a lot like, they kind of look like bulls. Like not in a bad way. Like you can tell that they just have a chilled, slow, slow, slow way of moving. I love you, Tauruses. Don't hate me. You guys are great. Always calm me down when I, when I need it. <laughs> the next sign that we have is Gemini. Geminis, you can tell somebody somebody is a Gemini rising if they're the ones that are talking to everybody. They're just animated. And sometimes they can say like a thousand things a minute because they just have so much to share and everything fascinates them. And it's not a bad thing. They just like to be stimulated. And that's just the way it is. That's how they feel comfortable. They need that constant mental stimulation. But oftentimes you'll see that that Gemini Risings don't always stick to one topic. They'll go back and forth between multiple things. And that's what makes them very good multitaskers. And usually the individual that's very adaptable and can go back and forth between multiple streams of ideas, chances are they've got a Gemini Rising. The next sign that we have is Cancer. And I think I mentioned this when I talked about the moon in the first house. So Cancer Risings... They're very kind and empathetic individuals because they're very in touch with their emotions. So somebody who's really uh, like good at providing just emotional comfort will validate your emotions and just has this warm motherly energy, like regardless of gender, because gender has gender never has anything to do with it. And so you always just feel like they're always just going to nurture you. They're going to bake you cookies because you've had a bad day. It's probably your cancer rising. <laughs> and they usually also have really watery eyes is what I've noticed. But that's just an observation. It doesn't always have to apply. Now, the next sign is Leo. Leo risings. I mentioned this before as well. They have something to do with their hair. Like it's just it, it's like a lion. Leo is the lion. They have a lion's mane. They always have amazing hair. Like, what is their routine? Drop the secret, man. But Leos, they're very self-assured. They're very confident. They know, they know who they are, and they don't need anybody to tell them otherwise. And that's very commendable because, you know, self-esteem is really hard to come by for most of us. I know it is for me half the time. So the person in the room that everybody just notices when they walk into the room they're probably a leo rising like you can tell that they have this star energy because it's just so natural and effortless for them to simply just be them they're kind of like a celebrity and the next sign that we have is virgo virgo risings are very analytical individuals they're constantly observing everything and because they are they're amazing problem solvers. So the individual that you think isn't really talking to anybody but is noticing everything and then probably nitpicking because of everything that they've observed, they probably do have a Virgo rising. They're always in areas where you have to maintain efficiency because they're so good. They're just natural problem solvers. And they're always of service to people somehow. Like, like they always have, they always give the best advice to people. And they're, and the thing is like, people think that they're so, they, they can come across very unassuming, but then the, they see everything. 
It's wild. You can't hide from them. And I guess, like, the person that is kind of staring at you, but is kind of judging you, <laughs> yeah, that's the Virgo rising in the room. You gotta love them, man. <laughs> Next, after that, we have Scorpio rising, which is <laughs> me. <laughs> oh, wait, no, no, no. Libra rising. Sorry. I got too excited. I jumped ahead. So Libra risings, like I said, I think they all have asymmetric, like not asymmetrical. No, no, no. They all have symmetrical faces. They're all really pretty. And like pretty in the sense that they, they're just naturally attractive. They know how to take what they have and use it to their benefit. So that's why they always seem like they have good hygiene. But Libra risings are the ones in, in the room that are always bringing harmony wherever they go. They're always good at making sure people are included in conversations and their voices are heard. They like to take everybody into consideration when they're in a group setting. Like, they're just natural mediators. Sometimes at the expense of their own well-being. But they're just so harmonious. Like, everywhere they go, they just... Harmony is everything to them. Like, they, the person that has that eye for aesthetics probably is a liberalizing. They just understand how to balance things out, whether that be through art, whether that be with people, with sounds. They, they got it. They got it. Just loveliness all around. And also they have all the admirers. So <laughs> that's usually another indicator. Stereotype. After that, yes, now we have the Scorpio rising. So the individual in the room that's reserved and um, is staring at everybody really intensely for no reason and probably has an angry look on their face, your best bet's that they're a Scorpio rising. So if you ever actually see me in person and you know who I am, I promise I'm not angry. I'm probably just thinking about what I'm going to eat tonight. I just, all of us have a resting bitch face for some reason. Like, why? Why? Why do we always look so angry? But we always look like we're on guard. We always have this energy of waiting for the other shoe to drop. But we're very calm in very stressful situations because that's something that we have to deal with in a lot of our early lives. So it just comes natural to us. They also have very sharp features from what I've been told. And it's true, like I do. <laughs> but another thing is that you gravitate towards them, but you don't exactly know why. There's this mysteriousness to them. You know that they're, they can be very social individuals, but you don't actually know anything about them and it doesn't seem like they're going to share anything. Like they craft it in a way, the conversations, they'll craft it in a way that they don't actually reveal too much. And it'll make you just want to know more about them. I don't know if, I, I don't think people have ever really called them mysterious, but... I know other Scorpio Risings usually are notorious for that. Anyways, the next sign we have is Sagittarius. So the one in the room that has the loudest laugh is probably going to be your Sag Rising. They just have so much zest for life. They just want to know and experience everything that life has to offer, whether it be the good or bad. Sometimes it seems like they'll gravitate towards more of the good, but they just want to know everything. The one that knows so many things about different cultures has probably traveled to a whole bunch of countries because they want to experience that. It's probably going to be your Sag rising. And they just have this positivity to them. 
that you just can't help but want to be around. They're just, I just always imagine Sag Rising as being like the Santa Claus in the room. Just so full of life. Make you feel warm and nice and special. <laughs> and then after that, we have Capricorn Risings. Capricorn Risings place a special place in my heart. Your Capricorns in general, I love them. Ugh. Capricorns always have their life together. So the person that looks like they don't have time for you because they're busy hustling. Yeah, it's the Capricorn. They are just so focused on their goals. And you can tell, like, they just have this air of authority to them. So the person that is just going to bulldoze through the room because they just don't have time for you or anybody's BS is going to be your boy Capricorn Rising. Oh, they're so cool. <laughs> I, I'm sorry, I just can't help it. <laughs> Next, we have Aquarius Rising. Aquarius Risings are the ones that are in the room and they just stand out. And they're like, they're like some of the coolest mofos in the world. Yes, they'll be part of a crowd. They'll be very friendly and engaging with everybody. But you can tell that they don't attribute themselves to the crowd and the group. And it could be like even very subtle things, maybe a different fashion sense, a different way of thinking. And they'll always be the first to let everybody know that they don't agree with something if it's unjust, if it's not fair. Because they don't have anything to prove to anybody. So Aquarius Risings always stand out by being different. I don't know what it is, but it, they'll always be different. Not the jughead, I'm different. I'm not like other people cool. No, 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 no. None of that pick-me energy. But last but not least, we have Pisces Risings. Pisceans are the ones that, a lot like Cancer Risings, are very empathetic. They're always listening. And they just, they have just a nice, beautiful idealistic way of viewing the world they just have so much kindness and they're very good at bringing forth that kindness to people on the first interaction very good at making people feel heard and seen and they almost always have like the most compassionate words for anybody depending on whatever they're going through and oftentimes it'll feel like they're a mirror and they're reflecting back you and your emotions and that's what makes them so different I also really like Pisceans, in case y'all didn't notice. But no, I don't have favorites. No, I love them all. I do, I do. So that's all I have for Rising Signs. I'm, hopefully you guys were able to learn something, and hopefully I provided a, quite a bit of content. I think I went a little bit over for my liking, but I couldn't help it. I just love talking about Rising Signs. <laughs> so thank you again for listening. Until next time. And also please feel free to leave any posts on the discussion board. I do like to read them. If there's anything else that you guys want to add, something that you disagree with or agree with, just put it out there. Alrighty. Bye everybody. Bye.